everyone. We want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Hey, hello, friends. I'm sitting here with my wife, Dawn. You just heard her voice. And we couldn't be more excited to be able to hang out with you and talk about life and love and marriage. We just really enjoy this. Right, yep, yep. As many of you know, we took a month off. We were back last week. And now again, two weeks in a row, we're back at it. This is episode 116, and we're pretty pumped about what we're going to be talking about today. But today's a special day, too, because in our weekly rhythm, it's our day off. Which is great. <laughs> yep. We're loving our day off. And it's like a super hot summer day. And, you know, it gets like bazillion degrees below zero where we live. So we're really excited to get to hang out with you guys, but then to go spend the rest of the day outside. It's going to be amazing. You and I will probably be outside for like six yep, hours, I'm won't all, we? I'm all set on my shorts and my tank top. I'm ready to be outside. And hopefully we're going to get everywhere on our scooters. Like, oh, that's the goal today. It'll be so fun. Yep. All for like three dollars in gas and it's going to be like 93 degrees well hey before we go any further don you wanted to maybe just share a story to kind of kick off the episode yep definitely going to start with a story that hey i'm going to be a little bit vulnerable or something that could be even embarrassing but now looking back i can laugh at it (laughs) but i'm going to share that with you guys today you guys so when i was 17 years old i got my first car remember travis that red car and I didn't know a lot about cars and my dad wasn't necessarily the fix it type but he did give me one piece of advice something that I remembered we were standing in the driveway and he lifted up the hood of the car and he pulled out this thing and it was the oil dipstick and he said whatever you do make sure that the oil never goes below this line and he pointed to the spot on the dipstick holder. And what is a dipstick? A dipstick, of course, is, you know, the thing that measures how much oil is in the engine yep. to keep it safely running, right? Yep, absolutely. Yep. And you know, it's funny because this seems simple enough for me. I mean, it's the one thing he showed me where the dipstick was. So I said, okay. And I just went on my way. Well, I'm naturally, you know, Travis, I'm kind of a rule follower. So if someone's like, hey, do this, I'm probably going to do it. So throughout the next few months and year, I checked that dipstick quite often just to make sure that I had enough oil because I didn't want my car to explode or, you know, the engine to seize. And sure enough, one day when I pulled the dipstick and checked the oil level, I realized, you know what? It was low. Like it was below that line that my dad told me. So I quickly found the funnel and the oil and I began putting oil in my car. Well, at that same moment as I'm putting the oil in my car, my brother came out of the house and he looked at me and he said, what are you doing? Well, I proudly said, I'm putting oil in my car. It's low. He looked at me again and he said, why are you putting it there? And I just replied, you know, that's what dad told me to do, (laughs) to add oil if he gets low. So I'm adding oil. He looked at me and he kindly said, ding dong. You don't put the oil down the dipstick holder. You're supposed to add the oil in the main oil engine cap, which is over here. <laughs> like and, in the actual yes. engine, right? Well, you know what? I guess I was honestly wondering why the funnel didn't fit into the dipstick holder and why it took so long to get that oil in there. But you know what, you guys? My dad never showed me where to put the oil. He just told me to make sure to check the oil and to not let it get low. And because the spot where he pulled the dipstick out had oil on it, I just assumed or I thought you just had to put the oil back down 
the dipstick holder you know honestly i know that sounds goofy i'm sure i sound oh like my. like i just don't know what i'm doing well it would be crazy <laughs> i mean i'm trying to picture this in my mind i wasn't there that day oh. but the oil would either take a really long time to go down that tiny little long pipe you know that holds the dipstick or it would just spill all over yeah, the engine it was taking a long time a mess yeah i'm like oh that just sounds like a horrible experience honestly that funnel wasn't straight up and down i had to kind of put it at the side cockeyed so i could slowly pour it in so it would go down the dipstick oh holder. gotcha and i know there was i think oil in the driveway but i just didn't know any better how was i supposed to know how to fill it up if no one ever showed me or told me how to fill it up. Again, I was a young 17-year-old girl that knew that I needed to check the oil, but I just didn't know where to add it. Yeah, and I love that you share that story, Don. I mean, we've had fun, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> reminiscing yeah. and, and thinking about yeah. that story over the years a few times. But it's interesting because... It's so different than my experience. Yeah. I know I joked in our last episode about how I'm your brake man. And you were like, what are you talking about? And it, it's because I've literally replaced the brakes. I've never paid for brakes no, except you- for once on your cars, my cars, our whole lives. Like I've always done our own brakes. You have a lot of wisdom when it comes to cars and engines and how they run where I don't at all. <laughs> well, and I don't know if I'd call it wisdom, but I mean, I've, I've learned how to work on cars and I'm very comfortable around them, but it's so different than what you experienced growing up. And part of that really comes from my dad was a bit different than your dad. My dad, you know, really got into engines and working on them and cars and fixing them. And so it's not to, you know, say that your dad wasn't as good as mine or anything like that. It was just a different different, environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My dad was really into sports. Like he was a great, he taught me how to play softball super well. Yeah, and yeah. I don't even know if I remember once me and my dad throwing the ball yeah, back so and just forth. Yeah, very different. But it's interesting because your dad showed you how to, you know, just check the oil on a dipstick. But my dad not only showed me how to work on cars, but I even remember he said one day he's like, "Hey, we're gonna take apart a whole engine, like pieces yeah. everywhere, <laughs> and we're gonna put it back together again." And we literally did that. We took apart a whole engine put it back together again. And I learned so much from my dad. And that's why I've gone on to work on cars so much because I love it. It's really, really fun. And you're good at it. Well, you guys are probably wondering why are we talking about cars and what we learned from our parents? Well, there is a specific reason. I told you guys that story today because just like me not knowing how to add oil to my car to fill it up, there are married people or or people who are about to get married who really don't know what it's like to have a healthy marriage. They don't know how to add good things to their marriage. Why? Because no one has ever shown them, or maybe they didn't have parents model it for them, or anyone ever tell them how to have a healthy marriage. But how does anyone really know how to have a healthy marriage unless someone shows them, models it for them, or teaches them about marriage? And I don't think that you're saying that people can't learn on their own, but the biggest way that we learn about marriage is really from you know, being taught by other people. And it's kind of cool based on what you just said in the Bible. It actually says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then it goes on to say in that same passage in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, it says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone 
tells them and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Now, of course, this passage is talking about the truth of the gospel, about Jesus and people learning about Jesus so that they can call on him so that they can be saved. And of course, Jesus is the greatest truth known to man. But even though it's not talking specifically about marriage, it does bring out a great point, though that it's harder to learn about something until someone tells you or they teach you about an area that you need to grow knowledge in or grow experience in. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like the car. Like you knew how to rebuild an engine because your dad showed you, he taught you. And that's so many things in life. Most of the things that I know, someone had to tell me. I mean, majority of them, almost everything. Exactly like the car. And that's why we told those stories. It's the whole point is that just like this passage says, somebody's got to tell us. Somebody's got to teach us. Somebody's got to go and be that person to make a difference and to help others. So a big piece of what we're talking about is a mentor. And the definition for the word mentor is an experienced and trusted advisor, kind of like our dads, you know, but just somebody who can show you or teach you or explain it to you. We get it. We know that there are so many different kinds of people listening to this podcast right now. From all stages of marriage. Couples that are about to get married, or maybe you got married yesterday and it's your first day of marriage, or maybe you've been married for 50 years. And we get a couple that listens all the time and they've been married. I think they're in their seventies and approaching 80s and they listen and how long have they been married i mean that's incredible and there's also couples that have amazing healthy godly marriages and there's couples who are just they're kind of struggling right now so we know there is a wide aspect of people listening today where you're at in your marriage so we want to challenge you if you are one of those couples where you have a healthy marriage be sure to mentor other couples intentionally, or you can do it organically. I mean, one way to do it intentionally is you could start a couple small group and invite other couples that are younger than you and, and just start investing in them. Or you could intentionally mentor another couple just one at a time and spend regular time with them and talk through your marriage, your strengths, your weaknesses, ways that you learned or ways that you messed up or you could do it you know kind of organically by just going out of your way to spend time with another couple but they don't know it's kind of like a covert mission they don't know that you're actually trying to influence them Mm, and encourage their marriage but that's what you're trying to do it's just not the uh, you're like hey you want to go hang out and go to this movie or go out to eat or whatever it is but really you're trying to also encourage their marriage so basically what you're saying is that people are watching how you live, they're watching your marriage, and just by your actions and spending time with people, you are actually mentoring them in the in the area of marriage. Yeah, it's, it's so possible to be able to do that through your words, but especially your actions. Now, there are some of you, you're thinking, man, my marriage stinks right now. It's terrible. Like, I need help. Well, we would suggest that it's time to find someone who can show you how to have a better marriage. Kind of like my dad, he took the time to show me how to work on cars, and I'm really comfortable with that now. 
Well, in the same way, if you open your eyes, you're going to realize quickly that there are many marriages around you that aren't perfect, but they're working pretty well. And it'd be best to pick a couple or maybe two or three couples and ask them to mentor your marriage. Uh, you know, but especially those couples who yeah. are like 10 years out ahead of you, where they've been married 10 years longer than you and your spouse. Now, a guy who really is one of the fathers or grandfathers of all mentoring, he's a guy by the name of John C. Crosby. Back in the 1800s, he even started a not-for-profit program on basically focused on mentoring. And here's what he wrote. He said, mentoring is a brain to pick and ear to listen and a push in the right direction. Mm, yeah. And that is so articulate, those three things that he said. And most of the time, Don, you and I, we need the push. We yeah, need somebody do, to yeah. elbow nudge yeah. us and go, hey, Travis and Don, go that direction. You're going the wrong direction. Or somebody to bounce ideas off mm. of, to pick their brain. And you know, one thing that I had to do growing up in a house, in an environment where marriage wasn't modeled in a way that should be carried on, I had to choose to learn everything that I possibly could about marriage. I refused. I wasn't going to bring what I saw as a child into my marriage. I had to choose to make a change. So instead of yelling and screaming the stuff that I saw in my house growing up, I had to learn to communicate. Instead of hitting or throwing things, I had to learn self-control and to not let my anger get the best of me. I had to learn how to choose words of love and encouragement rather than name-calling or belittling. And you know what? Instead of flying off the handle, I had to, you know, follow what the Bible says and learn to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I honestly grew up in a home. I didn't see affection modeled for me. So I had to learn how to both give and receive affection. I just had to learn how to add the right things. Just kind of like how I had to learn where to add that oil into my car. I had to learn how to add the right things into our marriage. And you know what? Our marriage is not perfect, but we are still constantly choosing to learn how to get better, how to add those things to our marriage. Yeah, we have to because sometimes I get cranky and, and maybe you do. <laughs> might snap a little bit or, I do too. or we have friction or whatever. We neglect each other, yep. whatever that might be. But we have our bad moments we or do. our bad days. Yeah. And so we want to learn from those great examples and then get rid of the bad things that we have learned. And I, my experience growing up was very different. The marriage that you know I saw my mom and dad there was so much love and so much commitment. So it was just completely yeah. different. Yeah. It was your parents who I saw kiss for the first time of other marriages. Like, I, I don't remember my parents ever doing that. And I saw your parents be very affectionate with each other. And it seemed odd to me, but it yeah. seemed right at the same time. <laughs> I know. And it was normal to me, yeah. but I'm sure you thought it was gross. It yeah. was probably wild. So beyond our parents and what we saw growing up, we have had marriage mentors in our life and they have taught us quite a few things. They've taught us how to be affectionate, to not give up, to live life on a mission. I know there's a couple that we, uh, you know, they're mentors and we look up to their marriage and man, they live a missional life and that's what we want for our marriage. People have taught us how to be generous and to not take life too seriously, to just laugh and to play. Like play is a huge part of our marriage, but we learned that from a marriage mentor. We also learned that we need to forgive each other and not carry a grudge. And this was from couples who had gone through some really difficult things that we grabbed what we could learn from their marriage. 
Yeah, and I think many of them were deliberate, intentional, like mentoring us, but many of them were organic and they didn't realize we had attached ourselves to their lives and we were learning from them. We would walk away from interactions and we'd be like, whoa, we love this about their marriage. We love that about their marriage. Okay, there's that little piece we're not going to hang on to, but man, these guys are great marriage mentors. It's really cool because there's actually other ways that we can learn about marriage. Just like, you know what, if I would have pulled out the car manual, I could have learned where to put the oil. Yeah. But there's other resources that we have available. Which would have been important because yes. when we tore apart the engine, when I did that with my dad, he had a manual yes. of how to put it back together. So the coolest thing about marriage is that we have the ultimate manual, the ultimate guidebook. And that's actually the Bible. The Bible can share with us how to treat our spouse, how to love, how to honor and to cherish them. It's our guide. Like it's the ultimate, you know, manual that we have for our life in marriage. Yeah. And I don't think we want to forget that another way we can learn and grow is through books and podcasts like this. And, you know, just really taking time to read devotionals. So there's video series about marriage on places like Right Now Media, but just jumping on the internet looking for Christian marriage, you know, material that will really encourage your marriage and There's, encourage you yeah. to be more like Jesus. There are so many options, so many things out there that we have access to, which is amazing. And since we're all different, I think honestly, the best thing is just to go onto Google and be like, okay, Google Christian marriage resources and see what comes up and see what fits for your for your marriage. And it's also important to seek out a Christian marriage counselor, or Christian marriage professional that can walk you through some difficult issues or just give you some tips and guidelines that they know will work yep. for your marriage. We don't want to forget that either. So two really quick challenge questions that you can talk over with your spouse. The first one would be, are we in a place to help others right now, to mentor them, or do we need to be mentored? Do we need to grow? Are we stuck? And I think just being honest and saying, okay, it's time for us to get a mentor. I think that's really, really important. And then the second question, ask yourselves this, who are our mentors or who are examples, people that we could approach and say, hey, will you spend time with us? you know, individually as a couple, or maybe those that are organic, where you can just say, we're not going to tell them, but we're going to start having conversations about how great their marriage is and what makes their marriage so great. Whatever you do, guys, don't give up. You know, be stubborn in this area. If you aren't sure and don't know how to have a healthy marriage, be determined to be lifelong learners of marriage and continue to add the right things to your marriage so it can be healthy. I mean, like I had to, I have to always add oil to my car because we won't have a good car if I don't. But just like marriage, keep adding those good things, making sure that your dipstick, your oil dipstick when it comes to marriage is full. Like you're always you know, making sure you're on top of it. It's so important. Well, hey guys, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.